bronche, bronche. That's how we say brunch. Here's to the ladies who stay busy with their lunch. Who on that bochinche? Paquete con pinche. You know what they said? Got too busy, got too thinking. Aquí en esta mesa se respeta como ñón. Si la copa está llena, yo te doy la bendición. So what if we get batches? We from the Bronx. That's it. Don't get it twisted. We be going to Manhattan. Be a queen. Be a boss. Ladies who brunch are popping off. Hey, we pop, pop, and pop it off. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Bronche. I am Julissa. What's good, everybody? This is Skittles. And this week, I am so excited to finally have yes. these lovely, badass bitches. I hope you know I mean that in the most loving Respectful way. way. <laughs> Honored, <laughs> Honored. Yes. Non-corporate <laughs> girls, who the fuck are you? Boop, boop. Again. So my name is Ayana, and I'm the co-founder of Non-Corporate Girls. And I'm Delilah. I'm the co-founder of Non-Corporate Girls. And we are literally where the 9 to 5 and the 5 to 9 meet. And what does that mean? Everything in the middle. Basically, like, we run the gamut. Yes. Mm. So tell us a little bit about how you guys came up with the concept of Non-Corporate Girls. Yeah, this story is really good. So it happened. <laughs> 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 so upon the time at bank camp. <laughs> uh, so basically, um, me and Delilah were working in toxic environments mm-hmm. a couple years back, and mm-hmm. we all can relate to that, right? Yeah. And we would um, be on GChat, each other's accountability partners, and we would just be venting all the time. And we were like, damn, like somebody, somebody else has to relate to this than us. Like we can't be the only ones talking about the same thing. So we went to an event one day, and a girl was like, hey, what do y'all do? And you know, it's always a spiel when you're slashy. I do 80 things under it's the like, sun. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So I kind of joked. It was like, oh, you know, we're kind of like the non-corporate girls. And we were like, oh, my God, we've never used that. And then she was like, I've never heard that. And then the next day, we were like, let's start a podcast. And then the podcast. And so how, d- like, where does your friendship come, like, how did you guys meet? You can tell us. So we <laughs> met, like, 10 years ago now, doing Fashion Week. Um, so we were basically working for a show, and then um, Ayana, like something happened backstage. And it's like that type of moment where only the people of color get get it. Uh-huh. You get what I mean? So we connected and locked the eyes. <laughs> like it was Y'all had a sister moment. Yes. Y'all had a sister <laughs> moment. And it was just like the beginning. Yes. Um, up until like... And beyond. Yeah. Yeah. So so tell us a little bit about each of you. So outside of non-corporate girls, give us a little bit of insight of like your backgrounds, the things that you considered your your like experts in, things you love. Yeah, so growing up, I was always told I'm gonna be a lawyer because mm-hmm. I was very like I know how to argue a case. I was on the debate team in elementary school, like I know how to argue my point. And I was very outspoken since very young. Like, I always had great grades, and the complaint at report card day was, but she talks to me. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> me too! Yes, hey. And, like, look at where it brought me now. Like, yes, I love that. I love that. I relate so, to that so hard. <laughs> so, yeah, that's really, like, what my upbringing consisted of. Like, academics was very important. Mm. Go to school. College was, like, what was going to be next. Like, there was right. no option for that. Um, but I was, like, chill, like. You know, got in trouble here and there, but right. always. Right. Yeah, yeah, always a little trouble. You know. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yes, yes. Like, me, I could never. Like, you would never think it was me. Right. <laughs> but on the low, it, it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that was kind of, like, my upbringing. And then, um, yeah, then going into my professional role, I guess that's talking worked in my favor because then I went into PR. Mm. Um, you know what I'm saying? You need communication skills. So all that talking like brought me Did. like you know they say when you're young, you kinda could weed out what it is that you're gonna become later in life. Yes. Mm. Characteristics. Yes. I love that. And beauty. Oh of course well, I'm a skincare <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yes. Which your skin looks beautiful. Yeah, you it's some, you know. <laughs> I grew up like having just like acne and stuff like my mm. mom doesn't have the best skin and mm. so like being a teenager you know like when it comes to your confidence <sighs> and your skin and is that, so important it is so like I used to like pile on makeup to hide it mm. and then as I educated myself on skincare because 
makeup wasn't helping it. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, understanding that and just seeing that, like, I am not my makeup. Right. So then that kind of took my trajectory into, like, the work that I became so passionate about. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) What about you, Miss Ayana? Okay, so, um... The yin to my yang, because now... <laughs> so she's beauty. I'm fashion, yeah. which is which is kind of how we met behind like fashion week and all that stuff. Um, so just see real quick. Um, I grew up and I was always a straight A student, Arista, National Society, all that jazz. Yeah. Um, I got into a little trouble here and there, and basically my mom told me in ninth grade that if I didn't want to go to Panama, um, <laughs> I had to go to Catholic okay. school. <laughs> She what? was like Panama Catholic school. I was like, I don't speak Spanish. That is but so pause. drastic. I, but, but I have a very similar story. My but mom they didn't do that with Puerto Ricans because Dominicans stay sending their kids to DR. Yeah, They'd be like, oh, you're not acting. Like, Go you fuck a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Damn. That was my gift. That was my birthday gift. Uh, to go to Puerto Rico. Ooh, not DR yeah. was punishment. They were like, oh, you went to high school in DR? Some kids came back worse than when they left. Than when they left. All of them. That? Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> I'm, also, I don't speak Spanish. Oh. Don't judge me, but damn. I don't. They would have caught you out there slipping. Right. Mm-mm. So, I went to Catholic <laughs> school, and then um, that really was helpful for me because then it, like, helped me, like, realize, like, oh, I wanted to, like, be in communication or fashion, mm-hmm. and what does that look like? And um, I really wanted to get away from my mom, so I ended up going to a school of state, and I ended up majoring in communication when I really wanted to go to FIT. Mm. But y'all know how that go, but whatever. Mm. I went upstate. <laughs> but whatever. whatever. <laughs> graduated, graduated, um, and came out and just got heavy into communications and advertising for most of my life. And then fashion kept kind of coming in, so mm. I, I also was a freelancer working like fashion, contributing, being a personal shopper, working back as a stylist and all that jazz. Um, and then I decided I really wanted to get into marketing, and then mm. my career kind of took off into like fashion, beauty, marketing, and that's kind of the space I've been in for a really long time. That's awesome. That's yes. Yes. So when you guys are out to brunch together, <laughs> what is your favorite beverage that you're going to be drinking? Yes. yes. <laughs> well, I love the peach one. That yes, I have a I have a peach recipe that I like, and I'm always saying it to anybody who tells that um ha- loves a Bellini. You gotta get yourself some prosecco, a little thing of New Amsterdam peach vodka, mm-hmm. and um and some peach juice. Do the whole bottle of prosecco, the whole bottle of vodka, and a splash of peach. Yeah. It'll get you lit. I yeah, yo, yeah. it's so <laughs> good. You gotta cool, yeah. try that out. Yes. Yeah, what about you? What should be drinking? Um, so I like mimosas, but I like strawberry or mango. Like not Ooh, just a regular. Yes. yes, exotic. Which we failed at today. No, because <laughs> I was like, well, I don't see no orange juice, but ooh, apple juice. It could be like a cider. And Ayana was like, yeah, I don't. Do I don't that. like <laughs> apple juice. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. essentially. So when you guys are at brunche, yeah. what is your go-to meal? Like, what is your go-to plate? Well, depending where I go, because every single different place has a steak in it. Mm. So that was my favorite part. Ooh, Look. steak and eggs. You got to try. I'm going <laughs> 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 to I'm like, Kaya <laughs> 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 Ocho has this um steak. It's like steak and eggs, but with rice. So good, and it's and yo, cause they closed, but apparently they so reopened. Yeah, inside the hotel. So so they closed that one on 86, and and now they're on 105. Okay, I haven't been. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they just reopened again, but oh I gotta try that. I I like anything with eggs, like omelets, etc. I'm not an eggs Benedict person, but I love eggs. Eggs Benedict, I think, is a hard one for me now. Something I used to like the runny egg thing, and lately it's making me like, mm, like nauseous. No, like it no, reminds no, no. me of mm-hmm. other things. Like I want to speak cooked. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. I'm, just, I'm good on wet. <laughs> like I don't like anything like wet. Like texturized, right? I don't know if it's texturized, but just things that are like wet, like that also oversaturate. Like, like wet and then not well seasoned. It's not like it's like a flavorful yeah. like yeah. thing that's oozing out. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very it's just like black. Yeah, yeah. it's bland. 
Yeah, yeah. But egg stuff. I'm I'm with you with eggs. I I love eggs. Like when we went vegan, that was the only thing I missed dearly was mm. was eating mm. egg. Wait, yeah. so funny story. I didn't eat eggs my whole life up until like four years ago, wow. maybe three years ago. How? How? I, and what? like you don't understand. Like I would <laughs> like go out with friends see. to brunch, and anytime I got steak and eggs, which was one of my favorite things, I would give someone the eggs for most wow. of my life. So she, she would have steak and eggs, but just eat steak. Wow. <laughs> and potatoes. Like steak right, and, and the potatoes. home fries, right. Interesting. Yeah. Wait. I mean, but she how? said she didn't like I don't. I think my taste was changed. Like, uh, maybe three, four years ago, I did an event, and I had double eggs there, and I tried it, and I was like, oh, this is kind of good. And then, no, I just started eating eggs. It was random. And wow. now I, like, love eggs. Like, everyone in my life is like, what is happening with you? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. eggs are... Well, when I was young, I didn't like pancakes. Huh? You could not give me a pancake. Wait, dog. what? Yeah. What? They're wow. So I mean, pancakes or avocado. Oh. Uh, so, so, y'all. Avocado, I understand. When I was younger, I didn't really get, like, why we put this whole. <laughs> In everything. On, like, on our rice. and we, yeah. Everything. Like, I, I, I didn't now like that, it's like, like same. but now I love it. Yes. So, that, that I can relate to. When yeah, but the pancakes was weird. Like, I. Hmm. But now you love pancakes. No, not love oh. even. Like I should go without <laughs> it. But I, I can do it, but like uh, I don't. Do you I prefer won't order. a waffle? Do you prefer French no, toast? None of them. She's a savory wow. girl. You, she is just a straight up. She's like the yeah. 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 I read it. I read it. I'm here for it. So tell us then, what is your favorite bochinche topic to talk about over a meal? Over a meal. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I don't know why we are as old as we are and it's like, who's pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you, you know, the you people are getting pregnant now. March is coming and I have two baby showers in the same it's day. It's like, I don't know how to get pregnant. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's people are like, really that's having babies now. I have this epiphany and that's why even today, today I had posted about how, like, I woke up nauseous before my workout but I wasn't gonna let me stop stop me from working out and then I had to put afterwards oh and by the way I'm not pregnant because immediately like something yeah. in my ear was like everybody's gonna be like oh she pregnant she pregnant mm-hmm. no this ba- this oven is not functional right now thank <laughs> but you. it's just like it's so crazy because you could be however years old and it's always like a thing mm-hmm. like you know it's not in a mm-hmm. celebratory way it's like yeah. oh my gosh she's pregnant like what does that mm-hmm. life mean like now like you know what I mean yeah. so it's just so weird like yes that that's how it is it's gossipy <gasps> babies what about you I don't know I think probably like pop culture it's like a mix between pop culture and then like self-help stuff like mm. finding that work-life balance or mm. like being you know like with my single friend like just you know about women or yourself or pop culture. Pop culture. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what it was like going out to eat when you guys were growing up. Oh my god, it was like a fabulous thing. Like we would get dressed up. Yeah. But um it was also like a treat like we grew up simple. Like I, right. I wouldn't like yeah, poor in retrospect, but not really. I don't know. To me the definition of poor is just like what you make it and we always felt rich. Like, you know, the way right. our family just treated us. Mm-hmm. But it was always like you get dressed up and you wear your best and you presentable and it's like I don't know, it's cool. So for Easter it was like a big one. Yeah. Certain holidays it was like a big thing. Birthdays, we're all going out to eat. Yeah. Tad Steak was like one of our favorite restaurants. Tad Steak. Yeah. Yeah. Closed down. Like, yeah. And Sizzlers. Remember when Sizzlers? Sizzlers. I have several kid yeah. pictures in inside of Sizzlers. Yeah. Oh my God. That, that was like a big family like outing. Like we're going mm-hmm. out. Sizzlers. That oh was God. the spot. Sizzlers. Yeah. And then in the Bronx, Ponte Rosa was a spot. Did you ever go to? I grew up in Brooklyn. Oh, damn. I've heard of it though. Ponte Rosa. Damn. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's not worth talking about if ain't nobody. And there was this <laughs> other like restaurant in Brooklyn. It was like a fusion of like Chinese, um, kind of like a Flor de Mayo, Ooh, but it was like our Brooklyn, the Brooklyn oh, version. Um, I can't remember because they ended up closing down. So I think they were half Cuban not or, for, or oh, Latino. Okay. And not then forgiveness the, steak, right? Okay, mm-hmm. it was a like, right off a of Myrtle Wyckoff. Okay, in Myrtle Wyckoff. I got an ex around there. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, going out to eat. <laughs> it was like getting dressed. It was like fun. We looked forward to it. It was like family. 
That's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. What about y'all? I would say the same. Um, like, my dad was really into, like, going out to dinner, and I felt like every time we went out, there was, like, a new place. It was, like, exciting. Um, me and my sister were also, like, in dance heavy, so we always had, like, dance performances and things like that, and we knew after every dance performance there would be a dinner. Like, we would yeah. go out, yes. and we, we get to dress sure. up and kind of do that. Yes. Easter. Eat, like, there was right? always these times, but there was always, like, when you're going out, like, to eat, you're like, ooh, what am I going to eat today? Yeah. Like, mommy don't got to cook. You know, you hype. Yes, yeah, something different <laughs> aside from the Spanish. Like, even if it was buffet. Mind you, now I'm begging my grandma to cook the things I didn't want when I was growing right. up. Right. Like, yes. Yeah, this is it's like I was saying before. You watch TV shows and you see this like big spread with the stack of pancakes yeah. and it's like yeah. everything. The the orange juice and the milk next to each other in pictures and shit like and and i would always want that food and my mom used to have this beautiful like mongoose bread like my mom would feed us but in my head i'm like oh no that's that's like our that's our food. that's I regular that food that's regular right. so even mcdonald's low-key like even when we would go to mcdonald's because my mom was that mom that was like nah we not even eating fast food because i cook every single day mm. you better believe yeah. like you know so even chicken nuggets and french fries i'd be mad hyped to eat it was like a treat oh, and yeah. Fries. Yeah. yeah something yes. different absolutely And now we're moving into our cheers to the ladies who section where we shout out dope people doing dope shit. So female entrepreneurs in 2019, we did the damn thing. So I want to read a little bit, a couple of stats uh, for you guys. So uh, there are 114% more women entrepreneurs than there were 20 years ago, which I would include us in that number. Yes. Because even though Bronche ain't LLC yet, whatever, we are working towards oh, yeah. that. That is where we're going to be soon. Um, 40% of U.S. businesses are women owned. So it's not half, but it's, it's a number that's climbing. And in that number of clients, of that 40%, 64% of those women were st- were women of color who were starting businesses yeah, yeah, in 2019. So we are out here as the majority within this minority number. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Latina-owned women businesses grew more than 87% in 2019 and private tech companies that are led by women achieve a 30% higher ROI than tech startups ran by men so we know what we're doing just saying for those people who question female leadership Mm -hmm. clearly we're doing something right because (laughs) because this is all yes so i think what really impressed me is that this is all happening despite the fact that women only receive seven percent of venture capitalist uh, funds for their startups um, compared to women, to men who are getting 93%. And then overall, men um, average a loan size that's around 44K. Um, and when women apply to loans, the average is about 39K. So we're looking at about a $5,000 discrepancy there, which, which again, just reminds me of like even the wage gap, right? Some people are like, oh, it's really like, you know, 75 cents to the dollar, but that's not really that much more, mm-hmm. but it's more. No, yeah. And that's the point. It doesn't, yeah, yeah. Like it, it doesn't matter past that. It could, it could be five cents more, but it's like, why you get extra five cents? It don't make sense. And right. I personally, like, maybe it's just because I uh, am not, like, well-versed in economics or whatever, but I just have never understood who decided that. Like Men. Like, <laughs> men, yeah. And, but, and then why has it not changed? The institution. Men. Like, no, no. It's not dismantled. Like, it just doesn't, I don't yeah. understand that. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, it's one of those things. It's interesting because, like, even in my role um, at WeWork, like, I'd say that the, the company is a company that works really hard to be progressive, but still low-key, like, you know, I can't say too much because I'm under NDA with the company, <laughs> but I will say that, even a company that is fighting to be conscious still struggles with those things. Mm. And I can attest to that. Yes. And so tell us a little bit about your sort of experience in this sort of navigating the corporate world, not corporate girls, um, <laughs> when it comes to, you know, women not having equality and equity in the work that they're doing. Mm. I mean, that's such a loaded question. I mean, I feel, <laughs> I mean, it is, right? It's like even, and we've, we've talked about this a lot, like even in companies that are progressive and even in people who are able to find that balance with understanding the company and their goals and what they're trying to do and still being like a person of color or a woman or whatever, there's still a disconnect there, you know? So it's like, how do you bridge the gap? And I really don't know what the answer is there because, and even the, I I work for a very, very progressive company. 
Lucy, that um, there's still a lot of work to be done. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of it starts with, or at least something that we try to do in our companies is to be the example in the best way that yes. we can. Mm -hmm. But, and that there's layers to that too, right? Because yep. depending on your role, depending on who you are, the vision, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, we can only change but so much in our little box that we're in. But I think for me, it's really just like being able to speak out on things like that and voice my opinion. And, and, and even now, like knowing that I need a raise or knowing what my value is and putting it out there, whether they listen or not. Yeah, it's, it's the other route. Yeah. yeah, I think about like when you try to implement these changes and speak out, like when would a, when will it not be at the expense of yeah. Mm. Right, like mm. I want to speak out, but I need my job. Yeah, right. Or, and so, like, I try to put myself in the positions of people that I feel like if I was if I was them, I would do this, and I was there, I would do that. Cause I feel like some of them do want to do these, like, make these decisions, but I feel like there's somewhat of a chokehold. So it's like you have to leverage accordingly, and yeah. you gotta play the game, yep. be strategic, so then you can leverage the playing field. But once you get to a certain role. Right. So you got to be smart about it, which is sucks because it's just like, it is a game. Yeah, it's definitely, like, I think oftentimes about, like, what it means to be a trailblazer. And, like, certainly 2019 was not the first generation of, like, women mm -hmm. entrepreneurs yeah. who were out here doing it. Um, but but the fact that the numbers, even in their not, like, they're high percentages, but mm -hmm. I would even argue even in being low percentages compared to what one would hope these percentages mm -hmm. are, like, you you can't help but, but celebrate it in, in a time where even our government structures and the people who are running them who are now, I mean, we see Bloomberg is running, Trump mm -hmm. is in office. There's a lot of rich people, who, even Betsy DeVoe, mm -hmm. like people who are just in government because right. they have money. And and I and I yeah. only bring that up to say that what excites me about this idea of female entrepreneurs being on the forefront and that the leading numbers are coming from people of color and not just, you know, white women, right. is, is this idea that we don't, we fail to have these examples. We fail to have the people like everybody always wants Oprah to run for office because that's because Oprah is one of the few black women billionaires that we billionaire billionaire yeah. that we have that we have that we can be like oh well she if anybody has campaign money like there there yeah. it is right there and yeah. like you know Beyonce I don't think is equipped for office you know love you but like you know what I mean no, but yeah. like yeah. a lot of the people right. who have <laughs> the funds are our entertainers and not people who are in industries that are going to create that example and so I feel like in 2019 the surge really came from this urgency around living in a Trump America saying hey we need to build for ourselves because the only way I'm going to have real equity and if my babies are going to become trust fund babies that starts with business essentially yeah. it doesn't start by working for other people it starts with real estate yeah and real, girl talk about like, it like are we passing down properties because right. I'm, yeah. I'm not just yet Right. You know what I mean? And that's a problem. Right. It's the generational wealth. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because a lot of times, like, when I talk about, like, oh, well, we don't have examples, I can't say as a Dominican woman that I haven't had example of that, like, oh, we're passing real estate. The problem is, is that I've always failed to see the value in my parents saying, oh, we have a plot of land in DR. Like, it might not have a house built or anything like right. that, but there's land there. And I would always remember, like, every time we'd go to DR, they'd, like, make time to go down to La Capital and go to these, like, offices to mm -hmm. get, like, titulos and, and shit like that. And the deeds yeah. and all that shit. And I'd always be like, oh, this is so fucking boring. Like, we're in DR. Let's, let's go to a beach. And they were trying mm -hmm. to solidify and, your future. And here, literally solidifying my future. You know, and here in, in the South Bronx, here we're all poor, broken, living off government assistance. And I'm like, why we got empty land? Like, what value? Value does that have but now I, I only wish that they had a playing field where they could be doing that here and so like myself and my siblings were very much like oh, okay so we got to get our money up because we gonna have to buy some shit mm -hmm. um, because real estate is one way but owning businesses also yeah, yeah and I was gonna say like another thing that's really exciting about like this stat is the fact that these women entrepreneurs are flourishing but not just in one thing right yes. they're owning businesses in so many different industries they're creating new industries that some of us have never heard of they're literally yeah. paving lanes yeah. and I think that's important because when you look at Oprah love Oprah obviously but Oprah made her money and one like she she has evolved but she like, like one of one for yeah but it's like you people are literally creating things that you're kind of like wow like this is actually a business mm -hmm. right right and that's why I don't get mad at the millennial because I feel like I fall into that cuz but I live life without internet so I know mm -hmm. both worlds yeah but mm -hmm. for those that are like strictly internet digital age like I don't even fault them for wanting more because yeah. they, they got a peak to 
what more can do for you, right? Yeah. So it's like, why be mad that they want to strive for that and they'll go by any means to, to get what they deserve. Right, and then I think the other piece of this, um, and I don't have the numbers at for this, but w- in the same article, it talked about how some of these businesses, though, are failing at a faster rate. And so we're oh. creating things, but they're failing. But then mm-hmm. the factors of failures c- are, oh, well, who's supporting them? What are these loans? Mm-hmm. like? And, and more so, there is this myth, and I, and I know that numbers say different, but I'm telling you it's a myth, that people of color don't support businesses of color. And I, oh, yeah. I, I actually think that the real issue is we businesses of color sometimes lack the visibility and credibility, not because they don't have it, but people don't know who to trust. So if it's just the community saying, oh, yeah, they're good, they're good, sometimes that's not enough. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Especially you need that one cosign from right. that out of the community. There's something about mixed cultures where we look at the white ideal and say, if it is not the out of the quality mm-hmm. of this white company, then that, do, that means it's not the same thing and it's some sort of bootleg version so we can go at I think of Harlem a lot because Harlem is going through gentrification but there are certain businesses and restaurants that are black and Latinx owned and and, but people are like twenty dollars for this oh no but throw them somewhere downtown where they think they're a little bougie or put them in Williamsburg and they'll pay hipster dollar for something that's not as good quality as that black business in Harlem right and so I think it's really important that you know as much as we celebrate these numbers for just being that we take Mm -hmm. it a step further and support these women in their businesses so two things to add to that one um damn what was my thought um Yes, I agree with you completely. And there are a lot of people that want to support their community and these businesses. But the other thing is that some of these businesses don't know how to be a business. Mm. And that's something mm. else. And I, and I know you use the restaurant right. example, but I'm just using someone that like makes hair care products or something right, like that. Right, right. Like if you don't have good customer service, there are so many other factors to having a business that if you don't have that and I can get it from somewhere else, I'm probably going to go somewhere else because mm. that's not what I'm trying to deal yeah, with. Yeah, like I want us not to be because we are people of color just to support yeah. when it's not a valuable like i want you to be great so it's like if we're offering feedback or telling you ways to be better is because we want you to excel because while you were saying those stats in the back of my mind i was like but how many of them get past three years yeah in existence you know what i mean so it's like it kind of sucks like we're starting 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 but are is there sustainability yeah and the other thing to add to that is resources a lot of yes. com- a lot of people who are entrepreneurs who are people of color don't have the resources that they need for a lot of different reasons, which is why they're not sustaining themselves and they don't know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to those examples, like what are mm-hmm. examples of, of tons of like mm-hmm. I can't be like oh in this you know community in the Bronx I all of these super successful businesses and like mm-hmm. there are businesses in like uh, you know growing up here in New York City you do see a lot of businesses that are owned that are minority owned not necessarily women but right. minority minority or I'm saying minority today minorities in general um but like that those are the bodegas those are the for me or at least for me growing up the the saloncitos that are like holes in the wall like you know what I mean and everything is has a hole in the wall I feel like sometimes even the restaurants they always say the, the if the Caribbean restaurant looks the more fucked up it is the better the food is <laughs> like I believe that but like the business looks fucked up and yeah. so when yeah. it when it's time for my birthday instead of going to that mom and pop shop where I know the oxtails hitting right. I'm gonna go all the way downtown and go to Negril or something like so that I'm not Instagram saying I, right, right 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 and I'm not saying Negril's right right hit, that's not what we're saying but right, I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying that. Don't spit in my food. I'm just saying, though, like, but if there is something of a better quality or something that's close to home that you enjoy more, yeah. you're still going to sacrifice that enjoy for that Instapic yeah. and, the, mm. and the atmosphere that we pay for. So how do we get businesses to this point? I mean, it's almost like I'm saying that question. I know we don't mm. have the answers, but, like, how do we get our businesses to this yeah, point? Yeah, it's about educating them because I had a firsthand experience of doing PR for a nail salon. Mm. And I was... It was one of those things where you see more for the business than the business sees for themselves. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, back to the community service point, is like if you're not operating of this, and I don't want to say status because everything doesn't have to be this posh, grand door. Right. Like, you know, it, yeah. it doesn't have to be no. all that. But this simple things with like aligning in uniforms, how you greet your customers when they come in, mm-hmm. that POS transaction when you're checking them out, like mm-hmm. all those touch points have to matter and add value. Yes. Because if not, it's just like, what am I doing here? Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and get rid of this, oh, well, what they get is what they're going to get. Yes. So, like, I don't need you. <laughs> so you don't want your business to succeed. Right, yeah. right. So it's, there's a part, and I, I feel like it's, it's deeply rooted into something else that is systematic right. for yeah. our behavior. Like, the, it, it goes further back. But where to start unpacking that and start like 
carry down that wall. Like, we need to start somewhere. Absolutely. Well, I hope that all these ladies are successful. Yes, I, I wish in the best. Yes. Yes. Because we're here to support them. I wish us success, too. And I'm fucking yes. We're going to be out here because we be thinking shit. about them touch points. You seen all those snacks out there? Yes. <laughs> 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 we was munching. <laughs> All these like entrepreneurs out here, if you are trying to start businesses and you're trying to be successful, let's support each other and mm-hmm. make sure you have your team. There's always people who will like see what you're providing and like wanna help have a to, hand in it. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. absolutely. Oh, can I have some? Okay. All right, so now we're gonna go into our Tuta Loca S where we call motherfuckers out for doing the most. And Forbes just released an article where they said that student loan debt has reached an all-time high of $1.6 trillion. Jesus. Like, how many zeros Jesus. is that? I don't even know. Yeah, I was literally about to say, how many zeros is that? Like, we're talking about student loan debt is higher than automobile loans. Jesus. And higher than credit debt. Mm. And the only thing that's higher is mortgage debt. Wow. Like, you're it's literally crazy. putting yourself in a hole to pay for an expensive-ass piece of paper. And my whole thing is, like, is it worth it? Like, we were mm. fed this plate that said, in order to get your dreams, you need to do this. Right. You mm-hmm. need to do elementary school. I did pre-K. My mom had me in pre-K. I did pre-K, too. I, pre-K. I went straight to first grade. So did I. Okay, smart girls. Yeah. Okay, smart girls. Oh, no, no. I need my little pre-K. Yeah, I need my pre-K. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom yeah. is a principal type shit because yeah, my, my mom, mom was a nah. principal, so it was <laughs> kind of cheating. But, um, like, and I was talking to my friend the other day who just got a fellowship in marketing, right? And he has only gone to undergrad is Gerard. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him because I naturally in our conversation I was like, "Oh, do you think you'll go back to school for marketing?" And then he was like, "Well, I'm already gonna be working and being paid for marketing." So is it worth it to have that title? Is it worth it right. to have that degree now if you're already able to go into the field and just have your experience? Another example, my friend Jessica has a brother who is super smart, was in MIT, but now has left to move to California because the company that he's working for, that he was going to school, studying for, whatever like to he was get doing, that job. to yeah. get that job, Flew him out, got him a car, got him an apartment. Shit. I mean, what, what line he's, is working with, he's working <laughs> with like Facebook or some shit, you know? Yeah. And so now it's one of those things where like he dropped out after a semester of college to go literally do what he was studying to get a degree to do. Was it coding yeah. by any chance? I'm curious. Yeah, something was because yeah. I was going to say. I mean, look at Zuckerberg. Yes. He didn't finish school. He's yes. like the prime example and, and build a 10 year career. I feel like it. If you have a plan and you know what you're going to do because education is necessary for some. Right. I don't feel it's necessary for all. Not everybody needs a degree, but it is a safe a safety net for those who are really not too sure. But in retrospect, I say like tread lightly because if it's something you're unsure of, don't go into debt right over something you're unsure of. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's really a personal choice and a conversation and, and realistic like point of view that you have to have in making that choice. I don't think it should be shoved upon you. Right. To be like going to school because it's gonna get you here because nothing is guaranteed. That's yeah. right. And I remember when we were in school, I was I was like I said, my mom was a principal, so I was in all the after school programs. I mm-hmm. never had any time to be outside in the street. Me, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and, but like I was, you know, I was a part of like college and high school bound programs and stuff like that. And what I was being taught in these programs was all the dropout rate for Latino men is the highest, so you have to right. you have to at least graduate college. Like, right. Like I'm the um not the statistic, but like I could be the statistic. Yeah, so but right. I could be the statistic. Mm-hmm. So that was my mentality, and mm-hmm. so then I I'm ended up going it. to college for something that I didn't really like. 
what do you want to speak on? I want to put music education, which obviously I love music and I I love children, but it wasn't what I, where my heart was at. Mm-hmm. It got me a job though, right? Like and consistency. But so like I feel like there were pros to my journey, but then at the same time, there are times where I'm kind of like, you know, you were. We're also stuck in this, we're also this generation that's stuck between like this generation that was like taught that you have to work hard and yeah. for everything that you get. Or that you're gonna stay in the same job until you die. Like, or And then the generation under us is just the generation that's in the right place at the right time. Right, mm. right. Insta, that's Insta so success. And so not in literally Instagram, but I literally mean it's like that. Like, and so yeah. culturally, yeah. I feel like a lot of this is culturally like we're told to do these things that is like, this is what it is, and if you outside of that, like you won't be successful. Right? Yeah, you know? I was. That's what I was gonna say. Like I agree with everything you guys are saying. It's it's just one of those things where it's like because we're that generation that falls on this borderline, we look at our parents who are all about security, and they yes. they came. You know, a lot of us are first generation, right? So they knew that if you went to college, it was gonna get you X, Y, and Z. Right. Then you get to college, and you're kind of like these people don't really know anything, and life is way different than what this is. Yes. But we're gonna we're in this box. This is what it is. Then you get out of college, and you're like, I can't get a job. I'm not getting a job in my field. I don't even want to do this, so what's next for me? Then you have this other generation who's like, oh, at 12, I know what I want to do, and I can create this. Right. And it's like, by the time they get to college, they don't really need to go, because everybody right. created a whole company right. that's what they want to do. So it's like, where do we fit on the spectrum? And I think right. that's one thing. And then I think the second thing is, to your point, college is not a one-size-fits-all like life. Absolutely. And I think that there are trade schools. I think that you don't have to go to college. I think that you need to have a plan. Right. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have a plan, yes. you don't know what you're striving for. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. And speaking of the culture, because I have forgotten my thought, but now I remember, is that we also, of that generation, where like, when it's something aspirational, it's not supported. You yes. know, if you're not like these yes. set in stone type of roles, it's like you won't be, you're not going to become anything rather than giving you that confidence because I feel like part of that is confidence. So it's yes. like if I go this artistic route, for lack of better words, yeah. like I'm not going to be as competitive as my peer that right. becomes a doctor, lawyer, and, and you know, those cookie cutter jobs. Yes. Which I think we need doctors, lawyers, and all mm-hmm. of those things. But those jobs specifically come with plan of yeah. like where you go the next step exactly. things like creative like we're still molding what our future looks like right now in this second yep yeah. mm-hmm. and the and like the schooling system doe is such like uh i don't want to say it's a bs thing but like the idea that like we as a teacher and knowing other cohorts being teachers teachers know when school's not for a student Yes. yes. Yes, and we the, do. You know what? I'll be the one to say <laughs> the DOE is BS because you cannot tell me that there is a one standardized way to teach yeah. people with various learning styles. Yeah. Right. That's already you coming in with a deficit yeah. of how yeah. these like people capture. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's so unfair. It's, it's like I can't even like. I, it's just so unfair. It's so unfair. Yeah. I think I think the only thing I have to add to that is that. I've been on this kick about, you know, people really centering themselves and self-love and intuition and following your gut. Mm-hmm. I really think that, first of all, school is something you can enter at any time. I grew up being a junior in high school, and when I was a junior in high school, my father was getting his bachelor's degree. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And that was very powerful. And granted, like, and this is someone who, you know, who sort of came to the States and didn't say, I want to do this in my life, and I have right, like, my father... Right you know had several different jobs that you know Mm -hmm. to put food on the table type shit but then he got into the doe as a teacher assistant um because what he had an associate's prior so like Mm -hmm. that was enough to get him through that door but honestly like making like 38k and like you're in the doe and you have this role and you're dealing with these like he works at a special ed high school and it's like this really intense job Mm -hmm. but it only pays 38k so eventually he was like well I guess I'm gonna have to do the thing, right? And get paid more um, and went back to school. And I only say that to say like, that doesn't mean that his journey up until that point wasn't correct. Like it was absolutely mm-hmm. correct right. for what he wanted in his life. But if school becomes a road, or not going to school rather, becomes a roadblock, then that can be the moment that you make the decision about going mm-hmm. back or not. And it doesn't have to be this predetermined decision that one makes. And quite frankly, I really, it bothers me the way in which people downplay trade schools because I do think that 
coming from a community of people of color where we are very creative and sometimes yeah. we are very good. Like, listen, Dominican people are great with hair. Right. Barbers or salon ladies. Mechanics. Mecha I was able to see that my uncle owns a, a mechanic mm -hmm. shop in Santiago that's super successful and like bougie people go to him, right? And so he's running a bougie in a third world country, right? But like, right. it's all about like, he knew that that's what he wanted to right. do always, right? And so exactly. that, that was a, and he also doesn't have, I don't, I mean, Loki, I don't think he has a high school diploma even, my mm -hmm. uncle. And he's running a full-blown business with European clients, on. Dominican you clients. Can, and you can do anything you want. Like, yeah. people, we stop ourselves from moving forward and overcoming these barriers because we think that you need the schooling. You don't. Right, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I really think, you know, make this decision when it when it needs to be made. But also, right. I, I do think that it's, it's going back to institutionalism. Um, it is the institutions that taught us that our black and brown boys and girls needed to go to school in order to have value added right. to their title, right? Mm -hmm. it, it was it was it was then that like you know that access and that surge of of black and brown kids going to college because listen back in the day in the fifties and stuff like we are always told about the civil rights movements but we are not told about the ways in which black and brown people were thriving and succeeding and and the way in which how do you organize movement like that? Does a group of dumb people can't organize something like the civil rights movement, right? right? right. Um, you know like the movement in LA where the Latinx movement was like heavy or even the you know the the oh my god I'm blanking on the Boricua groups that was here alongside the the, the Black Panthers but young like Lords. the Young Lords yeah, thank yeah. you like those groups don't organize out of a place of lack of consciousness and understanding we right. have the intelligence um, it is just a matter of what standard we're trying to live up to and so Absolutely. I think the answer is yeah. well what standard are you trying to live up to and is it worth you going into debt for mm -hmm. yes Yes. Yeah. That's so that good. Was, and that's just to add a caveat to that, grad school. Grad. Woo. Okay. Because I'm not this touching it. This has been the biggest debate of my it. life. Yeah. Really? I closed that debate for myself years ago. I was like, the answer is no. I'm not paying. I'm just not paying. If it's a free program and it's worth my time, I'm not paying. But it has to be worth my time in the way. As an artist, I'm tired of learning from white people. Mm. I I kind of need to it. start learning from from black and brown artists. And it's not mm. that they don't exist. I'm just saying, am I getting into that program for free? Then because right. I'm not investing my dollar in that. I'm investing my dollar in that motherfucking logo right behind you. Like that's mm. that's where my dollar. Is. But and also people feeling like they have an undergraduate degree and they feel like they need to go to grad school for some type of special skill or they need right. to like like mm -hmm. take like like people who go to school for marketing and things like that and as someone who has an MBA and so does she it is not needed <laughs> at all mm -hmm. if, right. if if there's no grander plan to that you right, know what right. I mean like you can literally learn all these skills on your own yeah you yep. do not need to go to school literally. unless like you're a lawyer all that stuff yeah. right like yeah. doctors if you want yeah. to be a doctor please but, no, I want you to like, please go to school thank you shit thank you and we know that the nurses right. do more right Right. nurses do more. N nurses right. do more. Yep. Shout out to the yeah. nurses. Like, get all your school in there, but if you like a communications major, yeah. Yeah. you Practice are creative. Like, right. come on. Absolutely. Even <laughs> tech startups these days, like we said, like there's a lot of people who are starting shit. They're like, no, I have a genius idea and that's it. I'll hire the people. Give me the seed exactly. money and I'll hire the people that know how to do it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we'll wow. see. Ooh, this looks good. Oh my God, this is delicious. I definitely want to taste that. All right, and now we're moved into our plate of the day. So finding balance, a conversation around healthy work-life balance for people of color. So I, I, this is a conversation that I feel like is recurring, um, and it's super important because I don't think we've quite gotten the science down yet uh, about how to um, you know, live our work lives, be successful, and not lose your job, but still keep your head on. Um, <laughs> I do think that a lot of that does have to do with companies that still haven't caught on to this concept of giving their employees the free will to, to practice their work-life balance. I consider myself very, very privileged in the company that I work for, that they allow me to do things like working from home, and like, oh, we're in every right. city. So if you're in a different city, you don't have to use vacation days. Just work out of the WeWork. Like little things like that that really make it easier for me to start achieving other things. Yeah. Um, but not everybody works in these places. And, mm -hmm. that, and, and, and I think that while the institutions that we work at play a role in the lack of self-care, I think there's some generational curses, guys, that we have that are that are mm -hmm. deeply ingrained in us that also stop us from, from taking the agency to demand the space to have that work-life balance because we always feel that something is at risk. Naturally, mm -hmm. we're people of color, so we feel pressure on our shoulders every day. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I'm a little curious. Can you tell me a little bit about what type of work etiquettes you guys were taught growing up from the generations before you? 
Um, still to this day, my oh. grandmother tells me when I'm about to take vacation, like, pero tu trabajo sabe, like your job knows. I'm like, I am allotted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm not a workhorse. But right. she thinks I am. She feels like as long as you're living, you should be working. Yeah. And I'm just like, that doesn't even make sense. And this is why you have all these elements as an right. older person right now, right? Mm. So I just feel like it's just work, 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 and. I don't, I don't understand where this concept of no because growing up, I seen my family that, that were older have, like, a great lifestyle. So for that pressure mm-hmm. to be put on us, um, I don't know exactly where it came from. Hmm. But, it, but, it, but it is stifling a little bit. Do you, do you find yourself ever, like, hearing what they have to say and, like, thinking twice, like, oh, shit, are they right? No, never. I'm good. actually oh, the good. one who's educating oh, them. Good. Like, good. my mom good. was working at her job for 18 years. Wow. And I'm the one, like, telling her, like, learn a new skill. Learn, like, make yourself marketable. Like, don't rely on them to give you your next opportunity. Take it. So I'm very empowered and, like, I'm not taking no BS from, like, if this is not fitting for me, I'm moving on. But whereas it's like, if it's not fitting, they want you to conform for it to fit. Right, And I'm not here for that. And so, like, these are the arguments we constantly have because they feel like I'm doing too much. And I'm like, no, I need more people to start taking these actions because it's about self-care. Yes, absolutely. And I wonder if some of that comes from, I, I always, like, in my constant fight with my family and stuff, like they tell me, oh, you go to school, you, you go to jo- work, dress like you're going to school, like in high school, like why are you dress like a high school student at your job, you're gonna lose your job. And I'm like, mm. if y'all saw all the motherfucking leadership here with their little t-shirts and their sneakers, <laughs> you know it's what like, I mean? It's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just a what, different culture. It, it's, it's a different yeah. time, it's not even it's, a culture, it's a different time. And yeah. they, I just don't understand because for my mom, she worked being behind a computer hmm. day in, day out. And then sometimes she's struggling for how to do something on the internet. And I'm just like, to some degree, I feel like there's not accountability of like, I need to learn something so that I catch up with the times. Mm-hmm. They want to operate how they did 15 years ago in this space. Mm. And it's just like, you need to grow. Grow, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. It doesn't work anymore. And they want it to work or yes. they don't understand like why I'm trying to change it around. Like right. the times have changed. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a that's a really valid point. What about you? What what did yeah. you hear growing up? Um. So I'm s- same same thing. Our moms are very similar. We talk about it all the time. We're like do. my mom. So my mom, she is 36 years at her job, and it was the first job wow. she got when she came to this country. It's all she knows, whatever, right? But I will say, my mom, I am proud of her in the sense that she has moved around in her job, and she's. Mm-hmm. She has learned a couple different things. But my mom's mentality is definitely workhorse. It's more like, it's like taking vacation. What does that look like? And like not going to work when you're supp- you're at nine, you're supposed to be there. And like, how are you dressing? And like, wh- and whatever. And anyone that knows me in my life knows I have, I have issues with jobs. I've left a, every single job I've had at some point. Mm-hmm. I do not stay at jobs longer than three years. I don't even think I've stayed at a job three years. Wow. And I'm a creative, so I'm always right. freelancing, contracting. Mm-hmm. Like, my mom was like, what is that? Like, mm-hmm. what what is that going to ultimately mean for you? And I'm like, it's going to ultimately mean whatever I want it to mean. You right. know, that's freedom. the type of life it's I'm freedom. living. My mom doesn't get it, though. My mom is still, my mom still thinks I'm crazy. She yeah. still doesn't understand my job. She doesn't, she doesn't understand the podcast. Like She doesn't get it. But it's more about us being able to create the life we want, and I tell her all the time, as opposed to a life that I'm supposed to be born into and live in a box mm-hmm. like she does. And it's fine for her because she's living her life. But like She's going to have Social Security. I'm not. She's going to have, That's right. She's living her, her no life. And I'm proud of her for that because, yeah. again, different cult, different generation, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, she, that's their Yeah, like, so... Wonderful, yeah. but now we're trying to make more than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're and trying the to definition like, change. Like yeah, the the playing field is 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 so different. It's not even so about different. it being even. It's like it's so much more ideas and what could come out of that mm-hmm. was so limiting to them. So I just don't understand how they haven't been enlightened. You right. know, like to want to see all these things happening. And I mean, I'm sure some have, but I'm just speaking from like the point of view of yeah. what's around me because I'm sure other people have made strides but from my experiences it's just like they kind of keep themselves in a box i don't know if it's out of safety 
and like mm-hmm. that has safety, sec- security, yeah. stability, all of that. Right, and then I think also in Skittles, I think maybe you you can relate to this a little bit as having a really close relationship with your mom and having her advise even on career stuff mm-hmm. is that there's also this notion, and I think heavily heavily for me being first generation Dominican that if you fail it is also the failure of your parents and because mm-hmm, you don't yeah. want your parents to feel like they have failed, especially when they're as supportive as Skittles mm-hmm. moms, as yeah. my parents mm-hmm. are, that, that, that then you, you feel that pressure. So you end up doing things like staying at a job longer than what you really wanted <laughs> to. You know what I mean? You end up not taking that risk and you know making certain decisions because of that. Um, Skittles, do you want to speak a little bit on that? <laughs> yeah. I sure do. <laughs> and it was funny because I was telling y'all when you got here mm-hmm. that I recently made my non-corporate girls <laughs> move in terms of like um that I made that drastic decision of leaving teaching and right. like pursuing my girl. own no so in August I quit my full-time teaching job mm. and there were a ton of things that went on at the school um, a lot of shit went down, and I was mm-hmm. kind of giving you guys the scope right. in detail of it what went down. Um, and you asked me what was the, f- oh no, you asked yeah. me what was the final straw. straw because even though all that stuff happened up until June, I didn't quit my job until the last week of August. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was talking to my mom because my mom had been the biggest cheerleader, supporter, but also putting on this this kind of expectation of mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, I want you to follow your dreams, I want you to follow your dreams, but you can also have this consistent paycheck with right. this time off and this, you know, these benefits and this mm-hmm. and that, because mm-hmm. I want you to have a paycheck and I want you to be successful, but do your creative thing, but I want you to do this. And mm-hmm. that was always kind of like, the, my inner battle was right. like, I felt like I could not leave because that's what she was telling me I needed to do or that, and that I could do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't until all that shit went down that I finally just had this conversation. And I had, I had been having the conversation with her so that she knew that it wasn't a new thought. Right. But finally, it was just a conversation where I literally said, I feel like I need to rip this Band-Aid off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I need to quit even though I don't have a backup job, even though I don't know what right. the fuck I'm going to be doing, even though... This is the craziest and scariest decision I have ever yeah. made. And even if, even though it's not what you want, and I'm not, like, the plan was to get tenure as a DOE teacher, leave, because when you get t- t- tenure, you can come back, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, shit happens, and that didn't happen. And right. I was at a point where I needed to leave. Yeah. Yeah. And every all of my friends were telling me I needed to leave. The universe was telling me I needed to leave. Like, right. um, and it wasn't until that conversation that I... But see, that's self, going back to your question, that's self-care. Right. Like, you did what you did for you. So, yes, exactly. (laughs) And while you were talking about, while you were talking about the differences in generations and how we have, like, this value, and you were saying how, like, companies don't value that. Right. Mm -hmm. First off, the DOE's not giving teachers shit. Like, people like to say, oh, well, you have weekends and you have the summer. That's not shit when it comes to dealing with 200 students and their parents. Right. Right. Like, you know, so... As a teacher, you don't you gotta work that out yet. Yeah, are you gonna take that vacation or are you gonna invest in like trying to save up for a home or maybe going to grad school so you can make more money and stuff like that? So you get into that mindset and you're like workhorse, workhorse, workhorse. Yeah, it's like a hamster wheel. Right. This idea that I you know, you like this this idea that and and for some teachers that works for them. They want to be right. a teacher, and it's satisfying, mm-hmm. and that. But for someone who didn't really want it in the yeah. beginning, it's hard. Um, but then I quit the job, and four days later, I had another job. Right. Boom. Because the universe yeah, always what? provides. Two, two days later, two days later, mm-hmm. they had a new music teacher. Right. Just so like that, that, you get into life, life went on. Life went on. Right. So, and I feel like, I said all that to say, I feel like now, at 29 years old, I'm learning the the work-life balance and mm-hmm. the, you know, doing stuff for yourself. Yeah, yeah like right. what um, makes you happy, what do you enjoy. What makes you happy. Right. Yeah. So what are some of your best practices, ladies, that keeps you sane while working in these environments? 
Well, I first want to say that it is an, a work in progress. Yes. This, this balance, right? This work-life balance. I don't think, I think that sometimes you're successful at it and it's going well. I think sometimes you mess up and, mm-hmm. you know, you got to keep trying to find your rhythm and it also depends on everything happening in your life. Right. Jobs, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, for me, um, I struggle a lot because I go through this, like, this. I have my ups and I have my downs. But I think for me, I have to I have to stay grounded. And some things I do are like obviously meditation, which is really helpful. But really, mm-hmm. just breathing because mm-hmm. I realize that my anxiety, which is weird, like my anxiety has increased since I've gotten older, which is weird. Um, yeah. Since I got older and became an entrepreneur, it's like weird. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have all this anxiety, and I just have to breathe sometimes because it helps keep me grounded. But also just like just being knowing who I am and knowing what I'm looking for, especially working in jobs or fields that may not be our end all be all. And we know that there's something else happening. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, we it's constantly keeping each other motivated and accountable for that Mm -hmm. is really helpful. And just what friends and family and whoever, just having those that support system because it gets hard not to be bogged down with the day to day of life. You know what I mean? So it's like, even though you're like, I meditate, do yoga, whatever. Right. <laughs> sometimes, right. sometimes that don't work. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true. And it's all about the intention you put behind it because mm-hmm. the spiritual the spiritual uh, reader who I follow, her name is Vida, like Vida always talks about like, yeah, like certain things are just tools, but like it, what is a knife until you pick it up and, and stab someone, right? It's just a thing that lays right. there. So like, okay, a mm-hmm. yoga class is just a yoga class if you're just taking it, but you're not really focusing. Meditation is just meditation if you're just sitting through it, but you're not really really focusing in during that meditation mm-hmm. and setting intes- intention. So to say you did those things because commercially they sound like the right things to do mm-hmm. aren't self-care. And I'm so glad you said that because that was the point I was going to come to is that self-care looks different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes meditation is like, I truly believe my mom's meditation is when she could turn on her church music and start cleaning. And I know cleaning itself is an mm-hmm. act like, you oh, know, yeah. it's like, but because for her, it is something she enjoy she does enjoy doing and she's thinking and she's singing right. and she's just releasing in that moment and it's just her and her mop and her music mm-hmm. during that time that is her meditation yep. for some people you know some guys like it's video games like I've come to terms with yep. all the boys yep. I've mm-hmm. dealt with in my life I've come mm-hmm. to terms with the fact that sometimes when they are sitting in front of that screen they're not just ignoring me for 2k they are really like that is their moment of just like yeah. you know to not think releasing. of anything that's real life and yeah. just to release mm-hmm. um, and even when and a lot of people are like oh yeah you know my self care is my creative work but there's work the word work is involved in yeah. that and so like be conscious how much of it is actual meditation and how much of it is actual work and do you need to add an additional hour of your day or maybe just mm-hmm. three, you know three hours a week right where you're literally committing back to yourself yeah mm-hmm. Delilah what are some of your self-care being present like it doesn't matter what happened yesterday I cannot do nothing mm-hmm. and when I walk out of here I don't have control like I only can control that I'm gonna grab this cup take a sip I'm responding to you, like I'm looking at you, I'm listening, right. I'm here. Whatever was my issue or problems that I have to deal with, I'm, I have to deal with it after this moment. Right. So trying to be here kind of like puts you out of check because it reminds you like you cannot do anything but what you're doing right now. Right. Yeah. So that that kind of like helps a lot. Like when the like you know you feel that chaoticness mm-hmm. is like all right, what is that chaos really um, helping to? Um, to solve yeah because mm-hmm. you can't you can't do anything right right and then um another thing is just being in peace like with my like with my own thoughts and not having like distractions like i like being alone mm-hmm. i really like being alone it could be in, like pure silence or like just background whatever sound but like just chilling with yourself mm-hmm. yeah. that recharge yeah that recharge. So even if it's a good nap like right. you know yeah. just not mm. having to answer, don't look at my phone, I yeah. don't deal with anything. Netflix um, and chill. Yes, Netflix and chill. Especially when you're like into what we're doing and you have like a presence on social media, mm-hmm. just being able yeah. to like. I'm an ambivert. Yeah, yeah, like I love being social, yes. but then I notice that like, it's too much and I need to back up because like charge. I don't want to engage anymore. I don't want to. What talk. was that term you used? Uh, ambivert. I've never heard that before. I've heard it before. It's like when you're an extrovert to, to a point and, and an introvert. Exactly. Wow, that's uh, thank you for teaching mm-hmm. me that because <laughs> I like I. So when you take those personality tests, I often um, switch from ENFJ 
an INFJ. Mm-hmm. Like depending on when I take the quiz, mm-hmm. it could be either it could be either or. And even like in social situations, like even when we were celebrating Skittles' birthday yesterday, I did have something to do, but like there was just a moment where I, I like literally got smacked, and I was like, oh my God, I, I, I have to I have to retreat. <laughs> right like now like now i have to retreat you know what i mean yeah. and it just like hits you and it's not about anything going on and it is just like internally yeah, my emotions you. go yeah. and they pull me out yeah. um yeah. especially when like you, if you're hosting like family or Ooh. friends oh that happens very quickly that point where you need everyone out of the house oh my god and yes. it's and it's a moment like it's a moment like when i'm ready everyone gotta go yes like, <laughs> and this is why I can only bring certain people into that space because if you know me, you know when that moment right. is. Right. And I don't have to Like, my cousins are always like, well, Yanni's checked out, so it's time for us to go. It's time yeah. for us to go. So it doesn't come off as rude. I mean, right. like, of course, as you get to know each other, you start realizing <laughs> when those moments are. But yeah, like, it, it's like there's a, there's there's a, a threshold. There is there's a threshold. Even mm-hmm. in college, I was like that with my dorm. Like, because I was lucky that for my last two years. I, I didn't want the parties alone. happening in my room. <laughs> yeah. No, that was my back cave. Yeah. Right, right. You know. yep. Like you want to be able to go somewhere and leave, and yes. leave which is yes. my favorite thing to do. That's my favorite thing to do. Queen. I'm like I got three. I'm like I got three hours in me. Then I'm out. I'm going to the bathroom. And I'll be going back. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Total social butterfly. But when I'm gone, it has a cut off. That's when Juan comes out. Right. 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 Everybody knows Skittles, but Juan is my alter ego. <laughs> and usually right. that's when the party's over, right? Because everybody's everybody's on our energy, so right. they're soaking it all up, right? Exactly. And so when we leave, it's like, all right, who whose energy is taking it on? Right, next? Yeah. somebody y'all else. Yeah, sucking me dry. absolutely so i want to end with one piece of advice that you guys have for somebody who is currently struggling with their work-life balance and abandoning the deeply rooted things that they've been taught that are sort of keeping them within their cycles um be honest with yourself like what it is that you need like sometimes you literally have to verbalize what is it that you need? Because people don't know that you that you need that. People want things when they want things, and they assume that you could get it done because this is the behavior and pattern you've shown always, right? Mm. But you need to voice that, like, you know what? I can't do this. Um, know how to manage your, your time better because if, like, you need an extension on whatever, you can voice that. It's all yeah. literally communication right. of when you need to, like, take a step back and when you can be on go mode. Absolutely. Good stuff. <laughs> um to echo that mm-hmm. um <laughs> love a good echo, love <laughs> a good echo. <laughs> um be kind to yourself mm. i feel like when we talk about self-care and I, i'm guilty of this heavy we 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 often break ourselves down you know it's like damn i didn't get to do this today or i should have done that or maybe i should have fell back or whatever mm-hmm. be kind to yourself Every day is a work in progress. Every day is a new day. Pick it up tomorrow. Like, you may not, you know, you didn't get to do X, Y, Z today. It's okay. Tomorrow's a new day. You get to do, you get to try again and be better tomorrow. That's it. But be kind to yourself because breaking yourself down is also not going to solve the problem. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Skittles. And people don't even, oh, sorry. I was just going to say, people (laughs) don't even remember. Like, I, I know one weekend before I was supposed to finish something and I didn't. And the whole weekend I was, I was like scared for Monday to come because I didn't finish something. And all I did on Monday was like, I need more time. And it was, I didn't need to do that to myself during the weekend. Right, they were like, like you okay. tortured yourself. Yeah, yeah, like, oh my God, I didn't finish it. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, don't do that. <laughs> I learned. Um, I think uh, what I would say, and like I said, I'm still learning, is uh, to be open to trying new tools. Hmm. Um, I like that. I, I like that have been trying to work out more and I've realized that I like a certain type of workout, but like, talking myself into it is like the big hurdle. So then I decided, okay, fuck it, I'm gonna try a class. And then I went to the class and I didn't like the class per se, but the studio was great and I'm open to trying the other mm-hmm. classes at the studio that yeah. I wasn't going to if I wasn't open. So just be open. And I think sort of to, to add on to everything that you guys have all said, it's really just a matter of like patience. Yeah. Um, patience with yourself, patience with 
listening to yourself even even I think that that's my biggest hurdle that I'm still growing from is like my my instincts will tell me when I need to slow down and I ignore because I'm like no I need to get to that end goal yesterday so if I if I rest right now then I'm fucked so I can't rest right so rather than the tortoise and the hare like if the tortoise was in the hare was a real story I'd be the one I wouldn't sleep at the tree I would have run to the beginning of the race and then been like oh I got time to do three more races and rather I never like have the patience to like chill I need to grow more and more and more and more and I'm not kind to myself I am not kind to myself and not enjoying the journey not enjoying the journey <laughs> not enjoying yeah. the journey but it, it is so and that's my advice because it's it's what i am currently struggling with yeah. is that patience like yo just relax is gonna happen let go and let the universe or like god or whatever you, you know you in. believe in <laughs> and, and, and it's really knowing that also like i really don't have patience for white people these days girl <gasps> so <gasps> that is like that for me also is like is a whole practice of like we'll have patience with the fact like i've already decided that this white space is a space i want to be in and i think mm-hmm. i do deserve to be in so like but but also be patient with yourself and like if you know that you're in a very white space that doesn't work for you then have the patience for the time it takes to find another step for you that isn't just rushing out of the 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 current job but that makes sense for you transitionally whether it is quitting your job and doing art or just quitting to go to another like same type of company but like be patient with yourself but also be honest with yourself be yeah. kind to yourself and be open with yourself. And don't feel like you have to take on anyone's anything because yes. it's not your responsibility. That's Absolutely. Their problem. Absolutely. And if you not feeling the white people in the moment, that's okay too. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all all just got so many gems. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Thank you, ladies, so much for being on. So tell us, where can we find you? Any shout outs you guys have? Yes, follow us on Non-Corporate Girls. Mm-hmm. Subscribe to our newsletter. Yes, um, visit newsletter. our website, www nonporpuregirls.com you can follow me at miss delilah c you can follow me at the underscore aya underscore brand and check out our podcast on all streaming platforms absolutely yeah. oh and our mar- uh, merch is dropping soon so oh we love that little plug right there yes. <laughs> skittles where can they find us well, you guys can find us at Ladies Who Bruncha on instagram at ladies Bruncha on twitter at ladies who Bruncha on youtube and on all your favorite streaming platforms. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. And until next time, bronche.